Welcome back to the Our View podcast. On today's episode, I welcome my guest, Santina Muha. Join our conversation as we discuss what it is like living life at ass level. I would like to welcome everyone back to another episode of the Our View podcast, where we aim to educate, raise awareness, and change the tone of conversation about disabilities. I'm so, so happy to welcome my next guest for the podcast today, my friend, Santina Muha. I'm so excited. Hi. I'm so excited. <laughs> yes. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for uh, agreeing to do this uh, with me. And you and I, we've met um, many years ago. You are originally a Jersey girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, yes. So. Always, <laughs> always. I Right now, well, now I live in Los Angeles, but I call myself a Jersey girl, LA woman. Uh, there you go. All right. That, that <laughs> definitely works. <laughs> it's on my dating profile. <laughs> uh, that's great. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So you and I, we met many years ago. We actually have two mutual friends. Um, my friend, Lindsay, Creeny, who you and yeah. you and Lindsay went to college together. You were in the same sorority. Yeah. Um, and Lindsay and I, we've known each other since um, middle school. And she's actually um, one of the main reasons why I started my Our View company. Um, oh, good. Yeah. So many years ago, we um, she and I were uh, out actually on a trip to see Bruce Springsteen up at mm-hmm. the uh, before they uh, closed uh, Giant Stadium and, and redid it, um, he did a, a set of concerts there. So she and I went up and um, because of the inaccessibility uh, situations that we ran into on that trip, taking the train up and all of that, uh, mm-hmm. we began brainstorming and created the Our View uh, name and the whole idea of what it would be. Um, so uh, as I told you before, she did tell me to tell you hello. And also, yeah, yeah, and also um, uh, my friend Jen uh, Coin, uh, her last name is Golden. Now she and I, we went to college together, and um, you and Jen met out on a, a fun snuggy bar crawl. I yeah, told. we used to <laughs> we used to do those. Um, it, they were fun. I it sounds like a nightmare now, but in the, at the at the age that I was when we did it, it was very fun. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. yeah, so um, to get started with the episode here, I would uh, like for you to introduce yourself and tell us who is Santina. Oh, boy. Well, yeah, so I'm I'm Santina Muha, Muha, Muha. I, 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 people ask me, how do you pronounce your name? And I truly uh, don't know. <laughs> we don't know in my family. So whatever. So, uh, so but Santina, there's not many of those, right? Um I don't know. I mean, like you said, I mean, I'm a Jersey girl. I'm a Sicilian Jersey, you know, girl. I'm pretty stereotypical in that way, I think. Um, And I'm an actor. I'm a writer, a comedian, an improviser, producer, and a director sometimes, a dog owner. Um, I like to cook. Mm, I like to read. I watch a lot of TV and films. Um, I, I'm a Maxinista. <laughs> I love like Marshalls and TJ Maxx and Nordstrom Rack. That's where you'll find me. 
Um, and uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. I just looked up and I saw the album. So that's I, I kind of have the music taste of a dad. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, I mean, that's, and I'm, and I'm in a wheelchair. I have a spinal cord injury from a car accident when I was six years old. I, I love that you um, mentioned uh, having <laughs> the music uh, of a dad. I can, uh, <laughs> I can definitely agree uh, for myself with that. I, um, you know, most of the time it is uh, dad music for sure. And songs from the eighties and <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, nothing, yeah. nothing current, <laughs> but uh, it's hard. It's hard for me to learn current music because I don't know. Why would I voluntarily listen Right. it it's not on my playlist right <laughs> you know i don't have i don't know have like a child or a, like a teenage daughter or something that's like mom why don't you ever listen to this so <laughs> i don't have to every once in a while i hear something on tiktok or something and i'm like oh that's good but most of the time it's you know it's right it's just, I'm not, yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, so in your introduction, you did mention that you are a wheelchair user from a uh, spinal cord injury. Can you tell us um, about your spinal cord injury and um, that story of, of how it occurred and what it means for you, um, how, it, how it impacts you and, and your daily life? Yeah, so I was six years old and I was involved in a three-car accident. Uh, actually, we were innocent party to this accident we got caught up in these other two cars that had a crash and the seat belt in the back seat tightened and it was a, the, a lap belt and it tightened and uh caused a spinal cord injury because it went kind of through me to my spine that was actually uh sort of um common more common than i i didn't real you know more common than i realized that's why they have shoulder straps in back seats now um and i I mean, it affected me in so many ways, but also, I I don't know. Like, you know, people ask, what do you think you would be like if you weren't in a wheelchair? And I think, like I said, I am Sicilian. I am from Jersey. So I think I always kind of would have had an outgoing sort of personality and a little bit of like a tough bravado. But I think that being in a wheelchair helped to strengthen that because I have had to advocate for myself all my life. I've had to ask you know, questions that my friends didn't have had not had to worry about, or I've had to think ahead a lot, you know, probably more. I'm not as, I can't be as spontaneous as I feel like I want to be, you know, like, I feel like that's one thing that maybe would be different. I feel like I'd be more of like a, let's take a backpack trip around Europe kind of a girl, which I cannot do <laughs> um, at all. Uh, I mean, maybe I could, but it, I've, because of my situation, I'd rather stay in the nice hotels that that are accessible. But it's always the most expensive hotels that are the most accessible. Yes. Ugh. Yes. Anyway, um, yeah. So I think also it it really contributed to my comedic personality because as a young as you know a child with a disability, people would come up to me and they would just be so sad just at the mere sight of me and I was like oh god I make people sad so I immediately you know started to learn break the tension with a joke you know tell them about some funny thing that happened with the nurse or a boy I like in school or something and then they would laugh and then that would break the tension and then okay and then everybody's more and it's like you know even as a child it was my job to make the adults and all the the other kids and everyone else around me comfortable 
with my situation, right? That's put on us as the people with disabilities right. to make everyone else comfortable. And so um, I think that that really contributed to my comedic sensibility. And also, I mean, I wanted to be on TV way before I even you know, knew what a car accident was, but um, I definitely have fought harder for that, knowing that the lack of representation uh, is a problem and it's extra important for someone like me to make it in this industry. Definitely. I I loved what you said. And yes, my mouth literally dropped open when you said that you would be more spontaneous. <laughs> Why? Because, because I feel the exact same way. I'm already spontaneous. Yeah. I will, you know, I'm not married. I don't have any kids. So I will just get up mm -hmm. and go, um, mm -hmm. you know, especially the pre-COVID world. I would just get up and go and take a trip. I still live in Jersey. So I'd go to the beach and, you know, just go spend the day. And mm -hmm. yes, watch out world. If I did not have all yeah. of this holding me down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've done that too. It's a little bit. Like I took a spontaneous trip to Hawaii two weeks after I came back from Sicily once because I needed like a rebound vacation. Like I was like, vacation. that was too good. I'm going to cry. I was, I was literally crying. I was like, oh, I want to go back to an island because I love Sicily so much. And my friend was going to be in Hawaii. And I said, okay, I'll meet you there. But but that, like my friend was going to be there. I knew I would be staying in like an accessible resort. So even though it was spontaneous, it wasn't just like a pick up and go as I probably would do more of, you know, right. I'd probably do more camping. I'd probably do just more things that I don't have to think ahead or make sure there's a bathroom or make sure that, you know what I mean? All that yes, stuff. Definitely. I 100% yeah. um, I identify with that because I mm -hmm. always hear a lot of people say, you know, things to me like oh wow like you just get up and go and I'm like yeah and, and trust me I'd be doing a whole lot more like you said if I yeah have to think ahead to wonder if the place was accessible if there's bathrooms if there's you know or whatever uh you know a situation just happened to me this past weekend I stayed uh in North Jersey at a hotel and I got there to check in and they tell me there aren't any accessible rooms available because they're all under renovation and I'm just like at at the same time, like all why would they do that? Ones. Yeah, so right. you know, so it, it is those types of things that we have to. Even though I I did plan and reserve an accessible room, it's still just those things that come up, uh, you know, for us at the last minute where it's just like it wasn't my fault. But yeah. there are no accessible rooms available at this hotel, so it's like, do I stay anyway? Do I get another oh. another room at another hotel? It's like. All of those things that we uh, as wheelchair users have to uh, face and again by no fault of our own because we do everything we can to prepare ahead of time mm -hmm. for it and then it's just still something that just meets us you know meets us there when we uh, when we get there yeah so. and you are you were on vacation or whatever you were doing you don't want to start off your whatever it was by having like some sort of social justice argument with somebody Right. And cause, you just want to, you know, you don't, we don't want, like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be like a disabled Karen who's like, I need to speak to them. And I don't want to do that. I don't look forward <laughs> to educating people everywhere I go. So I'm, you know, I'd like to just arrive and check in and just live <laughs> my life and have my vacation or whatever, you know? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you touched on, um, again, in your introduction and, um, just in describing, um, your disability diagnosis and about you being an actor and comedian. And I 
I follow you on social media and Twitter and Instagram, and I love your posts. You crack me up so much. It's just <laughs> thank you. <laughs> some of the things that you uh, that you post and, and watching your uh, IG lives sometimes. And, um, <laughs> you, I watched one the other night. I caught the very last like five minutes of it. And again, things that we run into as people with uh, disabilities. And there, there were comments that were saying for you to show your feet. I know. And that it happens every time. But it was so funny because you, you said without missing a beat, like I'm sitting here showing all this cleavage, and you want to see my feet? <laughs> yeah, because I had a low cut shirt on that day, and everyone kept saying, "Show me your feet." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" Hello, this is where the goods are, you know. But just, hey, people like what they like, I guess. I don't it know. It was just so funny because I was just <laughs> like, I was like, oh my gosh, like this person just won't stop. And you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so your your acting and your uh, comedic timing is something that I truly appreciate. Um, what what really encouraged you or um, made you realize that? Uh, acting and, and comedy is what you wanted to do? Well, I mean, I've always, like I said, I've always wanted to be an actress long before any disability or anything. I just, you know, there's some people who just come out of the womb like, Whoa! I didn't think that was me. And um, I don't know, like I would watch TV and just feel compelled to be there. I would I would get up during the theme song and insert myself into the intro wherever I thought I would, you know, fit uh, all my life. And um, not, I don't still do that not all my life. I don't, well, sometimes it depends on the show. It depends on the show. But, um, and then I, the reason that, I mean, I think part of the reason I feel connected to comedy, one, like I said, because it's always just been some, a tool I've used to make people comfortable. But I think the other thing is growing up, every time I saw disability on TV, it was so dramatic. It was the very special episode or the, um, you know, the Oscar award winning moment and where the character ends up killing themselves at the end and how brave they were for, you know, living half of a life after their disability. And it's like, wait, okay, that's a fine story to tell once in a while. Right. Because it ha um, there are people it, that happens, but that's not the only that's that's not the only narrative. And all the people that I know who have disabilities, that's they're not living like that. That's a very rare perspective. I don't, you know, like I have to say, knock on wood, I personally, and I know hundreds of people with disabilities. I don't know one who has taken their life because of it. Not one. And I know hundreds through different organizations I've worked. And I'm not saying that there aren't people out there who've done it, but that can't be the only narrative we're putting out there it's terrible and it's so it's so twisted that growing up because I didn't know anybody else in a wheelchair really at first um it was even making me think that people with disabilities were depressed even me even me a person with a disability thought wow I, I'm so happy that I'm the exception to this horrible rule and um and then I started to meet other people with disabilities and like I said and realized that's not what's happening and it's a terrible uh terrible narrative to put out there and as i felt like i had a responsibility to show the other side of it and so i think that's why i've gravitated towards comedy and also it's just fun you know it's fun i like being around my comedic friends i mean i've done things like musical theater and drama and i don't know if those are 
I mean, they're, it's not necessarily my tribe. You know, everyone's a very specific type of people right. and they're great, but they're not exactly my tribe. <laughs> right. <laughs> not the most saying they're, you know, not like improvisers or some sort of cool tribe or something. It's just, I'm not, I can't sing. Okay. I can't sing. I don't roll around singing all day. It's not my, you know, when it, when a song comes on, I don't belt it out to, you know, <laughs> impressive. I just sort of, I, I, I make it a, you know, I'll do an impression of the character of the singer more, right. you know what I mean? And so I felt like, okay, this is my genre where I feel pulled. Yeah. And I also grew up watching sitcoms with my grandmother, my nonna. We watched sitcoms all the time because she was from Italy off the boat and I was four. So, you know, we were both alongside of each other learning English through the Golden Girls, through right. One Day at a Time, through, you know, all these shows we would watch together. And I learned comedic timing from the laugh tracks of these sitcoms. Yeah, it's so, um, I love what you said about um, wanting to change the narrative of what you were seeing and what you, um, of what they were putting out. And and it's so true of, um, in, in movies and in all of the TV shows where they have uh, people with disabilities, it has gotten a lot better in recent years, I think. Um, but it, it was just so negative and just so sad yeah. all the time. And mm -hmm. like you said, I can definitely identify with what you were saying with, that's not how I was living my life. Um, mm -hmm. So it was, it, it was kind of like a, a conflict, like, should I be more sad that I... Mm -hmm have spina bifida I don't know <laughs> um and and everybody that I surrounded myself with again as as you said when I was younger I didn't know anyone else who had a physical disability like mine that that walked with crutches or used a wheelchair um so I had nothing no one to compare it to but the people mm -hmm. in my life they were all like hey well let's do this let's go out let's you know let's go to the beach let's go to the amusement parks let's do all of this stuff and and you're we're going and you're coming with us so it, right I could not identify with what I was seeing on tv and I think for for you to say that you you know you wanted to do that just because you've always been passionate about it but also to help um change that narrative and as I say change the tone of conversation about disabilities that's um that, that's really really great really cool because that's all that I really want to do I want you uh, the listeners of this podcast to see and to hear that, you know, we do a whole lot of fun stuff and we are mm -hmm. cool people and we're, we have our bad days like everybody else. Yes. Uh, where the pain gets to us and the discomfort and all of that, but we mm -hmm. love, you know, we love going out. We love uh, going to bars and wineries and all kinds of stuff. You know, I'm uh, almost 40, so I, I don't do it as much as I used to, but <laughs> right. <laughs> Exactly. But, you know, every now and then we still uh, still like to get it in and, and have a good have a good time. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. I'm still from the Jersey Shore. Like, I, you know, right. That if you watch the Jersey Shore, I that is where I was going. Those were the same clubs. Sometimes, as a matter of fact, they were filming while I was living there. I'd have to sign waivers, you know, when I'd go out to bars because they'd all be hanging out there. And in case the camera caught you. You know, you had to sign a waiver that you were okay with them using your likeness on the, you know. So it's like that, that's what my, that crazy as it sounds, I feel more connected to the Jersey Shore <laughs> than Million Dollar Baby. Okay. Anytime. Yeah. Yes, that is. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, not proud of it. Yeah. But, but, but it, it, it is. is. <laughs> it's, it's so true. <laughs> yeah. 
so true. So you know I am proud of it. I am you, proud of it. You should be. I <laughs> I know I am. I... Yeah, that's right. So um, speaking of uh, the club scene and, and all of that and, and being out and having fun, a oh. few years ago, you created yeah. one of the funniest um, videos that um, exists on YouTube. And it's the song is called Ass Level. <laughs> right. And, 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 and I will now apologize to my mom and any other real adults who are listening to this podcast right now my favorite line is when you say shout out to fdr motherfuckers <laughs> <laughs> is... yeah because he right. was in a wheelchair so <laughs> yeah he was a... yeah <laughs> right as it... though we're supposed to just you know he's my well of course he's my favorite president he was in a wheelchair why would you think no question I mean, come on. It was just so, again, your comedic timing with that was just great because it, it was so unexpected for me. I was like, wow, okay, like, it fits, it's appropriate. Like you said, he was in a wheelchair. So, I mean, why wouldn't you shout him out in this uh, in this song? So, uh, can you tell us about the development, how you created the song Ass Level and what it is, um, what it's about? <laughs> Yeah, so I, like I said, I was so sick of seeing just uh, TV and movie just showing us the negative sides of being disabled, you know, because of course there are negative sides, but there's also some per some perks, as I call them, which is like the parking, cutting lines, being <laughs> memorable, you know, and then I throw in some joke ones and they're like, not having to get the shoes when you go bowling or right. whatever, you know, being able to take your dog anywhere and, you know, people can't really question you, um, stuff like that. So I, you know, it hit me when I, I uh, pulled in, I was like with some friends and I was joking, I pulled my car into parking spot and I was like, it was a handicapped spot. I'm like, that's right, VIP, you know, and uh -huh. I realized like, oh, okay, so I wanted to do something that that showed all of these perks. And I thought, what is a medium that is like braggadocious? And then I went, oh, rap songs, rap songs. I love, I mean, especially my favorite rap genre is like the salt and pepper, the little Kim, the like sort of uh, <laughs> Missy Elliott, you know, get your freak on years. So I love that sort of so 90s rap. Mm -hmm. um, so that, so ass level was kind of an homage to all of those people. And um, yeah, and it was just like a fun, I, I wrote the lyrics. Uh, I was in a sketch group at the time, like a, where we would meet on Tuesdays and bring stuff and get feedback from everybody, you know? And so I brought it to that group a few times, got some feedback, and then I let it sit in my computer for about a year or two, as most things do. Yes. And, um, and then I started working with my friend, Allison Becker. And she, you might know her from Parks and Rec, or she was a VH1 VJ for a while. And um, she's a great friend of mine. And we wanted to work on something together. And she heard the song. I played it for her. And she was like, yes, this, this is what I want to work on with you. And um, she took it on as her directorial debut. She did an excellent job. And uh, yeah, I know. It's amazing. And I, because I wanted it to feel like a real video. You know, I didn't want to half-ass it. And uh I think it did. I really think it did. And I never felt like more of a star than I did those 
those days on that set, number one on the call sheet, you know, kicking people out of the makeup chair because Santina's here kind of a thing, which normally like, no, no, no. I'm so low down the thing, but I felt like a, and I had two, you know, costume girls helping me get into my Spanx and like, it was, it was fun. It was just fun. Um, and I tried to cast other people, you know, other wheelchair users as dancers, as well as some of my able-bodied dancing friends, just to have some, um, you know, variety there. I tried to cast wheelchair users in all of the wheelchair character positions, but it was kind of hard to find, you know, it was hard mm -hmm. to find uh, people under, uh, it just just was, so I did what I had to do, but I, I made a, a real effort to, you know, have diversity among the, the whole thing because it's important to me and um it was fun <laughs> it, what the video is, is so fun i um when i when i knew we would uh be recording this i watched it again because i i just um I, I just loved it because it's so true of you know like you said you highlighting all of the perks that we get um mm -hmm. you know from being wheelchair users and it i can't tell you how many times i always get the Oh, so you're going to drive to the concert, right? Because you get the accessible parking. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like, I guess it does make sense. And I have my chair and, and you know, like, sure, I'll mm -hmm, drive, no mm -hmm. problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The parking is good. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's really, um, it, it's just, and it, it's all about living at ass level because in sitting in a chair, you are at a lot of people's ass level. I know. Um, so. <laughs> I know. I can't tell you how many times I've been in a bar or a club and told somebody, um, excuse me, your phone is ringing because I'm right next to their, their pocket and I can hear it. And they're like, what? Oh, oh, thank you so much. You know? Right. <laughs> my, my, my favorite, which is always uncomfortable is people that may be like backing up and you, you're kind of like trying to reach for their back, but it's kind of like, yes. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to touch her behind to tell you, but you're going to bump into me soon. So I have I to do know. something. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think probably as a, maybe as a woman, I can get away with it more because I've touched many asses. Right. <laughs> Stay yeah. out of my, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you definitely <laughs> can get away with it more. Yeah, yeah. You might want to not <laughs> no. do that. <laughs> yeah. So um, the last question I have for you is um, usually how I wrap up the, uh, podcast conversations, uh, which is what is the most, what do people misunderstand about uh, disabilities, people with disabilities? And that can be um, anything that people misunderstand about you and your specific um, condition, your specific diagnosis, or just about people with disabilities in general. People, I think one thing that people do is they'll meet one person with a disability and then think, oh, well, that's everybody's life, you know, and that's just not true. And I'm writing a book right now and I'm trying to be very clear that this book is from my point of view, not from spinal cord injury, the mayor of spinal cord injury land. <laughs> like I don't, I don't speak for everybody, you know, like I have, first of all, I'm a paraplegic, not a quadriplegic. That's number one. I'm a woman, that's number two. I'm white, that's number three. I'm from the coast, and I, now I live on a different coast. I've never lived in the middle of the country. I don't know. So there's just so, so many things that contribute to my experience as a person with a spinal cord injury. 
or, uh, you know, as a wheelchair user or as a person with a disability. I don't know what it's like to be blind or deaf or have spina bifida or, you know, have MS or I don't know. I don't know. It's I, don't, I mean, yes. Can we relate on uh, about certain things that, you know, maybe my friend Jen can't relate? Yes. But guess what? Jen and I, we get our periods and you don't. So it's not like you and I are exact and Jen and I are too stranger you know like yeah. everybody has um everybody is just a, a, a snowflake you know everybody is different whether they have and that includes people with disabilities and i think the other thing that's important to note is that i don't think about my disability until i have to you know so and and unfortunately there is, I think people think that because of the ADA, everything is accessible now. That I think is probably the number one misconception, right? Because how many times, and I bet you, you face this too, you go somewhere, it's not accessible, and your friends are like, you should tell them, you should sue them, you should call them. And I'm like, who is them? Who do you think is them? We already have, it is already a law, but you know, so is don't do coke. And I'm sorry, but have you ever been to a Rutgers party? People are doing it, okay? It doesn't matter that it's a law. So people find ways to get around laws and business owners are obviously no different as we've just seen over this past year. People will do what they need, you know, what they wanna do for their own business most of the time. And so um, the world is not as wheelchair accessible or as, you know, accessible for people with disabilities as it should be by now, 20. I mean, I thought by now we'd have flying cars. I still can't even get into half the bathrooms you know, right. in restaurants, it's right. nuts, really. And um, like, you know, when you said the train, you were on the train with Lindsay earlier, I got like, ugh, like a pang of PTSD. Because when I was at Rutgers, I had an internship at Comedy Central, and I'd have to go into the city two to three times a week. And the trip getting to that inter internship and getting back home was by far the most difficult part of that internship for me. I mean, I, you know what I mean? Not the photocopying, not the paper cuts I would get, not the, you know, not, nothing. Not being intimidated by all the people around me. I mean, those were all things I was also facing as a person with an internship, but just getting there in the morning and having to, you know, figure out how to get on, wait for the accessible one, bus once you're in the city. But that's, and that's what I'm going to say, never mind all the elevators that go out. I mean, the yes. elevator at the New Brunswick station went out literally the day I started my internship. So rather than going into the city from the New Brunswick train station that I could see from my dorm, I had to drive into Edison to the Menlo train station oh, wow. every time, even though there was a train station truly up the block for me because of the, because the elevator was broken and they did not fix it until the day after I was done with my internship. Wow. So I never once got to use i mean you know use the elevators and then the subway system in new york is half the only half of some i don't know how many of the subways have elevators and then that's even when they're operational because a lot of times they break and nobody cares so we have to really do a much much better job about accessibility because i don't roll around my apartment going i'm in a wheelchair and i'm making tea i'm in a wheelchair and i'm watching tv i'm in a you know it's when i go somewhere and i'm like oh oh i can't get in here oh that's right because I'm, I have a disability right. and I can't, you know? So if we could just level that playing field for people, um, I think people would find that people with disabilities are more than capable, very smart, 
truly better at adapting than anyone, you know, than anyone I know. And um, the reason that you think, oh, I don't really see a lot of people with wheelchairs, so we, you know, we don't need to make it. Yeah, it's a chick. It, the reason you're not seeing them in your business is because your business is not accessible. Yeah. Hello. I always <laughs> you know? say and, that. I always say that it, it, it's highly, it's very likely that you would see more people with disabilities out and about if more things were accessible for them. Yes, it is. And our money yeah. is just as green as they say. And, you know, and it's it's discouraging because the older I get, you know, when I was in my 20s or my teen years, okay, so I'd be out with my friends. Oh, this place has stairs. Oh, John, carry me. Woo, we're having fun. I'm getting older. My friends are getting older. I don't want to be carried up a flight of stairs anymore. And my friends don't want to do it. You know, mm -hmm. we need to start because but now I'm getting to the point where I'm thinking about having children and I don't want my child's life to be affected because mommy can't get on the, the you know like I was at the Grove the other day in Los Angeles and they have one of those um trolley things you know those things mm -hmm. that go through and it's not accessible and it's like well what if I was there with my kid and they wanted to go on that what am I going to tell them no because mommy can't go on it because it's not accessible I mean that's not fair now and it's bad enough that it's not fair to me now it's going to be and that, you know, it, it, that's really going to piss me off now when it right. starts affecting my children's lives. So like, come on, dude, we got to do better. It is 2021. Let's, let's, let's fix this. Can't yeah. we? What's going on? Yeah, that's so, it's all, all <sighs> of what you said is so, so true. Um, and especially that, I, I love what you said, that just because you have a spinal cord injury, you don't speak for everybody. Um who has a spinal cord injury and just the difference of, you know, you being a female, me being a male, but also I love what you said of people who live on the coast versus people who yeah. live in the middle of the country. Like everybody's experience is different yeah. and access to things is, is so different. And mm -hmm. it's um, all of those things have to be taken into consideration. And like, yes, I can mm -hmm. tell you about my experience of living with a disability and you can talk about yours and it, they're two totally different things. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the things I like about social media, which has, you know, many negatives, but it has a, also many positives. And one of the positives is that I'm seeing people with disabilities in other places and I'm seeing, Oh, look at this girl. She just, she just, pushed her wheelchair right into a lake and she's fishing. Like, I never would have thought of that, you know? So it's like, I'm getting to see these other people's experiences or people in other countries who have different, you know, they've discovered different ways to go about things. So I think that's good. And that we are sort of in more in control of our narrative that way through social media. So we can show the world, Hey, look at me doing all these normal things and not, you know, just crying or, you know, spending my life in support groups. Right. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. I, I enjoyed talking to you and <laughs> Me I, too. Love, um, I, I love your perspective on out on all of this. And it's just really um, always, like I said, it's always great to talk to you. I can't wait to travel again so I can get out to LA and Ooh, we can yeah. hang out. <laughs> yes, I know. Me too. And I can't wait to have you on my show, Bowling With My Homies. That will be fun. Yes. Yes. And we'll will, flip the script. Yes, definitely. <laughs> I will be more than happy to do that. And um, thank you so much for your time today. And um, I will definitely uh, be in touch with you soon. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks. This Stay safe.